The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Scientists have made a groundbreaking discovery, literally stumbling upon the world's largest lithium deposit inside a dormant volcano in the United States. They say it might have the potential to well, affect battery production for uh, the world for decades to come. I'm joined now by Ed Conway, who's author of a book called Material World, a substantial story of our past and future. Ed, good morning. Hi, Pat. How are you doing? And now, you and I have spoken before about the quest for all of these uh, metals that feed into everything we do, whether it's iron ore to make steel or whether it's lithium to make batteries. How significant is this discovery? Well, it's potentially really exciting. Um, it, it is. This is kind of an old, as you say, a dormant volcano on the Oregon-Nevada border, potentially kind of pretty massive. Um, and if those initial, and it's worth just saying, you know, in mining, a lot of this stuff takes time. Uh, they don't know for sure how much is down there, but they're they're making kind of reasonable estimate uh, based on some of the kind of geological evidence. If that's right, there is an extraordinary amount of lithium in there. Um, that, however, it's worth saying, and that, you know, it's a big proviso here and a surprise though with all of these things. There's, there was an exciting kind of find of, of uh, phosphate, a type of fertilizer recently in Norway, uh, which everyone said, oh, that's going to change the world. Well, it might well change the world, but there's so much work between now and actually kind of getting the stuff out uh, and a lot of things that can go wrong. So the same thing applies here. There's, there's, there's still lots of question marks over how easily you can get the stuff out of the ground, uh, what you have to do to it to, to, to get it, whether indeed the concentrations are going to be quite as deep as everyone thinks. But I think, you know, the big picture, what this underlines is we are not going to run out of lithium. And actually, you know, the idea that we would run out of lithium was always a little bit bogus. The challenge is less that. It's more just being able to kind of get the machinery going, to get enough of it quickly enough that you can then feed it into all of those processes. Because as we all know, you know, everyone's going electric. You need a lot of batteries to go electric and you need a lot of lithium to do that. Not just lithium, it's worth saying, you know, also potentially things like cobalt, um, things like phosphates. There are lots of different things that go into the kind of cocktail uh, inside a battery. But lithium is, is, is the most important thing, really, because that's, that's, you know, the, the moving factor. That's where those ions are moving and creating the, the kind of the charge and indeed the, the currents. So it is potentially a big deal, but, you know, still some provisos. Yeah. Now, we spoke before about uh, lithium production and how it is produced. And I, I seem to recall that in South America, you know, evaporation was part of it and, uh, mm. and then processing. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure what is involved here in the mouth of a bo- volcano. Do they have to hack it out and then... Yeah. You know, would there be tailings, lakes and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's more like that, basically. So so there's there's kind of there's two typical types of way of getting lithium out of the ground. The one that, that we talked about before, and it's in a way the most captivating, is when you're draining this this liquid, this brine out of the, the from underground. And that's what they do in much of South America. It's what they do uh, in Chile uh, and in in uh, material world. I kind of write about this. It's a crazy thing, you know, this this extraordinary, incredibly dry environment, uh, totally untouched for, for millions of years. And we are pumping lots of this very rich lithium brine out of the ground. And then, as you say, you're just kind of evaporating it over time. Actually, you make lithium, that way of making lithium, is exactly the same way as the way of making salt, the way that the Phoenicians were making salt thousands of years ago. You just put it into pools, big ponds, and evaporate it away over time. And it is, it is ancient, but it's the most you know, technologically advanced thing in the world at the same time. 
this this other type of lithium involves potentially a lot more processing and this is where you know it gets kind of kind of knotty and complex but also quite interesting um because you know the amount of effort you're putting into actually getting the lithium from the ground because you're, you're still talking about quite low concentrations one two percent maybe the amount of effort you have to do that the amount of waste that gets set aside as a result of it the amount of energy that goes into it the amount of carbon emissions that you need to to expend all of that stuff can be quite big which is why it's this it's this quite uncomfortable situation. In order to make the batteries that we will need to go to net zero, it is quite a dirty process. Now, mm. like in the long run, when you've got enough of them, then you potentially don't, and you can do more recycling, then potentially your footprint on the planet can actually start to shrink. But in the short run, to get to that promised land, we need to actually grow our footprint on the planet. And part of this is lithium. Part of it's more lithium, more nickel, more cobalt, all of these things. We need them to deliver all of these products we're going to have to, to save the environment. Mm. And the more we understand that i think the more realistic we can be about what it actually involves it will obviously boil down to to cost and so on there are other complications that some of the indigenous uh, american populations yep. native american populations are talking about this being a holy mountain do not touch mm, totally and then that's and strikingly that's the case with so many of the mines that, that, that you know we look at around the world so i mean my that kind of the reason I started looking at this stuff, I went to a gold mine in Nevada, not you know all that far from from where this is, uh, in Nevada, and they were tearing down just to get gold. And you don't think that much about kind of where gold comes from, or if you do, you think you're just kind of you're going under the ground with pickaxes, you're looking for that seam of of, of glimmering metal, and then you find it and you pick it out well no to make the vast majority of gold in the world you tear down mountains and you grind them up into dust and then you process them with cyanide and various other chemicals and it is a gritty destructive process and the the, the mountain i looked at where you know one of the biggest gold mines in the world a place called cortez in nevada again it's a holy mountain the the native American tribes around there, they've always called it their holy mountain. And it is literally being torn down. It is, there is a massive, massive hole now where the mountain was. So it's the same thing. And, and you, it, there's very few places where you're not disturbing someone's you know, someone's rights and, and expectations. But Ed, this could be more about, you know, the US having a strategic reserve. You know, the way they have a lot of oil, they don't take out of the ground, they just keep it there uh, to give them that kind of independence uh, should the world go pear-shaped, which it seems to be going at the moment. Yeah. So they would not be dependent on, you know, Russian lithium or South American lithium. If needs came to must, they would just mine their own. Yeah, and in the past, in a way, we're going back to, just in the same way as a lot of the politics right now feels like we're going back to the kind of Cold War era. We're going back to the Cold War era here because they used to have, in the US, they used to have a very big stockpile of all of these minerals, including things like cobalt and so on. Uh, back then, they used the cobalt to, uh, to go into steel. Nowadays, they use the cobalt to go into batteries, and they want to add lithium, and they want to add various other kind of critical minerals to it, things like silicon as well, that go into your silicon chips and go into your, uh, into your solar panels. And so they are starting to build up stockpiles, and it, it raises what is potentially unsettling, this, this, this question of different nations around the world trying to vie for control of the minerals we need to, to to build all the stuff we're going to have to build in the future. Back only a few years ago, everyone assumed that you'd be able to get this stuff out of the ground, and wherever it came out of the ground, you'd be able to just pay a price and it would be shipped 
over to where you needed it. We're just living in a different world mm-hmm. right now. And, and it's, it's unsettling for us here in Europe because we don't have as much of a stockpile or as rich resources as many people do over in, in, in the US. So, you know, if people are fighting for this stuff, then where do we stand? I'm uh, looking at a comment which has come in from one of the listeners on lithium batteries on the huge discovery in the United States. Perhaps we're looking at the electric car battery problem the wrong way round. In Sweden, they're experimenting with electrifying roads so that cars do not need huge batteries on recharging stations. A sort of a giant kid's toy scale electric. Cars charge as they drive. And the first test uh, was in the city of Lund, was successful. And the first main roads are being fitted now and will be ready by 2026. This is according to a BBC news website so we need to keep up with the science this i presume this is kind of induction charging um that you go mm. on the road and you need a, a, a little bit of battery power to get up and going to start off but then you're constantly mm. getting an induction charge from the road a bit like the dodgems yes. i suppose yeah i mean that's that's a fascinating idea you need a lot of infrastructure to do it that's the issue and actually okay you may not need quite as much lithium but then you need a lot of copper and, and uh, you know, to afraid to be the party pooper on that one, we it, it actually, you know, this this discovery in the US has shown actually there's quite a lot of lithium. Um, we just don't have much experience of getting it out of the ground. Copper, we have thousands of years of experience of getting it out of the ground. However, we are. Yeah, we're a lot still of there. people in the copper industry are worried we're starting to run out of that stuff. And so it's it it just we go we shift from one dependence to a different dependence. And and that's the reality of kind of where we are at the moment. But we are at least shifting from fossil fuel dependence onto things that we can mine and then recycle. And that's you know, that's the good news yeah. is we're not burning the stuff we get out of the ground. However, it's just hard to see a future, at least one where civilization keeps going and where we get all of the trinkets we kind of want ever all the time. You know, you could raise a question about whether we have too much appetite for stuff but it's hard to see a future where we don't rely one way or another on some of these materials which is kind of why you know a lot of people fixate on lithium but actually for me the reason i kind of write about all of these different materials it's it's about the other stuff as well so it's about it's about copper it's about steel it's about sand and salt you know we we historically need this stuff and we will need much more of it in the future. Ed, thank you very much for joining us. Ed Conway is author of a brilliant book called Material World.